1: Welcome back, everyone, to Everything Evolves, the world's only podcast devoted exclusively to Evolve Wrestling. We are a proud member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Aaron Bentley. And along with me is Aaron Taub. Aaron, how are you doing for Episode 3?
0: I'm great. I'm fired up to be back for another weekend of Evolve shows and uh, looking forward to chatting about it with you.
1: If you are new to the show, or if you've been listening but you haven't caught us on Twitter yet, please check us out. We're at Evolve Pod on Twitter. You can also find me at Aaron Like The Car on Twitter. And you can find Aaron Taub at AP Taub, that's T A U B E, on Twitter. Check us out. We got takes. And uh, generally, we're going to be keeping up on what's going on with Evolve. There is, if you've listened to all the episodes so far, you know that there has to be a big break in between shows for us. So you can catch our takes on other things that are happening and evolve in between those shows on Twitter. One of those things that's happened since we last spoke was Flow Slam announced a big price increase in their subscriptions. Uh, The old subscriptions were $19.99 per month if you wanted to go monthly, or you could do an annual subscription for 150 bucks which comes out to about $12.50 a month. Now they've upped that to $29.99 per month, although you still get the $150 annual subscription. But if you wanna go monthly, it's up to $29.99. That does include all of the Flow sites, all of Flow Pro, the famous Flow Climbing and Flow Marching. You can get those with this subscription. Now, if you had the old 1999 subscription, Uh, You're going to be grandfathered in. You're going to keep that price. But if you're a new subscriber, you're going to be at $29.99. Aaron, uh, well, one, why do you think they've made this change to the price? And two, what effect do you think it's going to have on business?
0: I think that the reason they made the change to the price is, I guess, this is sort of an obvious answer. But I, I think we can start from here is that the old model probably wasn't working for them. Right. Otherwise, they would have kept it. But I think that the reason that they felt like they had the rate to raise the price is because they're trying to push people into subscribing for the annual deal. You know, at, at twelve fifty a month, if you're a regular Evolve viewer, that's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, especially when you consider that the, the old shows were $10 a show for live viewing, $15 a show for live uh, plus video on demand that $12.50 is a pretty good deal. And so I think that they're trying to push people into it with the idea that you're selling someone something in bulk, right? That's why it's less expensive to buy a New Yorker magazine for a year and have it delivered to your home than it is to buy one at the newsstand. What they're telling you, I guess, is that the monthly subscription is not what they want you to do. And they need you to buy in bulk in order for this to work for them. As for the effect it'll have on business... I don't know. It's mighty hard to get someone to try something for thirty dollars, right? I don't. I'm not sure if they have a free trial. Um, I tried looking on the site, but I, I couldn't, couldn't find one. And thirty dollars a month is a pretty high price point for someone. For you to tell someone, "Hey, give us a go for this monthly subscription," that you may forget to cancel. I think that's some of the hesitation for people as well is, is the idea that I don't want to pay thirty dollars now and then forget about it next month and suddenly be on the hook for sixty dollars. So yeah,
1: The fact yeah. is, that at this point, there are so many streaming options outside of flow. So we've got, of course, WWE Network, $9.99 a month. We have New Japan World. You know, it's about $8.50 to $9 a month, depending on the exchange rate. We've got High spots Network. We've got Powerbomb TV, Demand Progress. Rev Pro has one. I, I mean, everybody has a streaming service. So how can you justify... Paying thirty dollars a month for uh, basically just evolve shows and some other, let's be honest, some other random indies that you really aren't forking over the money to watch. You're 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 paying to watch evolve, right?
0: So, yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's it's a tough call. So who does Flow Slam make sense for? Well, for us, we have this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I mean, I think that one of the challenges is beyond the money. One thing that I want to want to note is that, I mean, I make a pretty comfortable living and I'm a pretty impulsive spender. Even then beyond the money, people are running out of time for wrestling, right? Like there's just so much good stuff to watch all over the world. Plus the archive, you know, you can watch pretty much any wrestling that's happened in the last 40 years online either for free or or one of the streaming sites you mentioned. And there just isn't time for everything. So even though they have all of these extra promotions on Flow Slam, whether it's FIP or Style Battle or Lucha Forever, it's tough because it's like, am I going to watch these other promotions when there's a New New Japan show I'm going to catch up on or an NXT show I'm going to catch up on or, you know, my Puro for Dummies DVD... From Bruto reels that I'm making my way through, you know it's 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 really not only about the money for these services. It's just like there are only so many hours in a day, and if you're going to get someone's attention in such a competitive environment, you need to have a product that is excellent and also differentiated. It can't just be good matches for the sake of good matches that you see in a lot of other places. There needs to be something unique about what you're offering, and the other. Promotions on Flow Slam don't really deliver that.
1: Okay, so if you were, if you decided you wanted to watch the evolved shows that are coming up this weekend, which we're going to talk about in depth, what would you do? Are, are you forking over the thirty bucks to see what's going on this month, or are you thinking about this hundred and fifty dollars because it's only going to be twelve fifty a month?
0: I mean, for me, the annual subscription makes sense. If Evolve is appointment viewing for you, and, and by that I mean there are different priorities that people have for different wrestling promotions, and the annual subscription makes a lot of sense if you're the kind of person that's going to watch this every month. Like if you're the sort of person who, if you're out of town this weekend at a wedding, but the first thing you get you do when you get back on Monday night is you're going to watch Evolve instead of Raw, or Evolve instead of whatever New Japan shows have happened, or or whatever ha- what what have you. You know, then, yeah, that yearly subscription makes a lot of sense. If not, you're kind of going to look at these cards and say, well, is this worth? You have to take a long, hard look at whether you, you want to pay the
1: $30. Sure. I guess in fairness, you talked about the $10 for live viewing yeah. under the old structure. I was yeah. much more likely to end up paying the $15 because they always bumped it up by five bucks if you order on the day of the show. And I always forgot. <laughs> so right. From that perspective, I guess it's not a ton more. Here's my concern from uh, on ordering the annual subscription. Is WWN going to be on Flow Slam a year from now? Are we positive about that?
0: Man, you never know in wrestling. (laughs) It's been, been so crazy in this environment that, yeah, I mean, there are certainly lots of right where you're referring to is there's a lot of rumors that Evolve could be on the WWE network at some point. But that's certainly not, that's far from confirmed. And I think Flow Slam has tweeted in the past that they have a contract with Evolve and it's not going anywhere, but who knows? Uh, I certainly, I would think that if you signed up for the annual subscription, thinking that Evolve was going to be on this on this service and Evolve was no longer on this service, I would imagine you would be getting a refund. I can't imagine any company that hoped to continue to be in business would perpetuate a con like that, you know? So I... I this is the wrestling business. I feel like, we're talking here this about. is the wrestling business, but you still, <laughs> I mean, they have a, you know, Flow Sports has a lot of funding, and I assume, like, unless they go totally out of business, I feel like you would get a refund if Evolve was suddenly not on Flow Slam. But maybe I'm maybe I'm too trusting.
1: We're speculating here, but but the it comes down to this: there is public knowledge that there was a five year contract. Signed between Flow Slam and WWN. We don't know if that includes any sort of opt-out clause or if there's any other way for either of the parties to get out of the contract. Another thing that we do know is WWE has announced that they have a contractual relationship with Progress. And we know that the Progress and Evolve doubleheader is coming up uh, here in a couple of months. And interestingly, it's not on SummerSlam weekend. It's the weekend before SummerSlam, which I feel like I should hashtag ask questions here. It's just unclear what's happening. It's
0: enough to make me wonder if they're still going to be there in a year. I think it's fair, but I don't think I'm as worried about it as you are, I guess. Is, okay. is, I, I have faith that... Because I, I signed up. I I have the annual subscription. Once they announced this change, I was like, you know what? It's twelve fifty a month. We host this podcast, so I'm going to be watching these <laughs> shows regardless. I might as well pay the money up front now and get the discount. So... I don't think that they're gonna rip me off.
1: I'm a cheapo. I just can't help but think I'm gonna pay <laughs>
0: 150
1: bucks, and then it's just gone, and I'm like,
0: no. Yeah, but then, in like seven months from now, you're gonna have paid 210, and then you're then you're gonna look back and regret the sixty dollars that you wasted.
1: My guess is in the next seven months, all <laughs> the wrestling I will watch, I will already look back and regret at all the time. <laughs> I
0: Ain't that the truth?
1: Okay. Let's, let's talk about these cards for Evolve 86 and Evolve 87. Evolve 86 is June 24th, 7 PM in Melrose, Massachusetts. And Evolve 87 will be on June 25th uh, at 6 PM. And that's in Queens at LaBoom. Of course, both of these are available on Flowslam.tv. First thing, Aaron, I want to know is do you have just some overall thoughts uh, on these
0: cards after giving them a look? Well, it's it feels like kind of a weird weekend, right? I'm I'm excited for the Zack Saber Jr. versus Matt Riddle match at Evolve 86 on on Saturday, even though it's like kind of we'll talk about this more, I guess, but it's kind of like a weird time for it. Look, certainly looking forward to the both both of those main events. Also, the Matt Riddle match against uh, Keith Lee for the WWN Championship on Sunday is another match that I'm excited for, but it also feels a little early for for it. And, and in general, I think one thing that's true about both of these shows is that they haven't been built up as well as some of the other shows that they've done in the past. Usually Evolve does a really, really good job of building anticipation for their shows in between shows. And, you know, in the month that that happens between one Evolve weekend and the next one, the next one, they usually do a really good job of using the WWN alerts and the mini docs to really sort of explain why certain matches are happening and and add a little uh, heat, I guess. I hate to use kind of, I try not to use so many like insider terms, but it, they they use these mini docs to really add intrigue and, and to really get you fired up for these matches. And I feel like a lot of these matches, you look at the card and they just kind of feel like two guys are wrestling and you don't really feel as if there's a either a personal issue or some kind of storyline reason to really care about the outcome of the matches.
1: We better hope Kevin Owens is not listening to this podcast because he will tear you apart for your all those insider terms.
0: <laughs> well, he probably isn't listening. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not I that see. this isn't a fantastic podcast that everyone should listen to, uh, but but I I can't imagine he would be taking time out of his day to hear our evolved takes.
1: Kevin Owens is obviously an annual plus subscriber. I don't <laughs> no know, doubt. I don't think there's any question. Uh, Yeah, I agree with you that we're really lacking a lot of build going into these shows. When was the last time we saw an Ethan Page promo? It was the Zack Sabre match, which he lost, and then we haven't heard anything from him since then. Bizarre. And I think we also have, there's a lot of guys, you'll see this as we're going down the cards, who just feel like they're just here. There's no real purpose to what they're doing. There's no through line of where we see that they're going. They're just kind of here and having good matches, sure. But like you talked about earlier, if Evolve wants to grow their business and, and thereby grow the Flow Slam business, they're going to have to get people involved because there are tons of Dream Match promotions. They need to use their creative resources to get people hooked on what's going on. And that's not happening right now. The biggest story on these cards is something that really shows that, that really characterizes that, which is the main event on the first night at Evolve 86. uh, They're labeling it as big as it gets. Zack Sabre Jr., the Evolve champion, versus the WWN champion, Matt Riddle, champion versus champion, non-title match, of course. But my first thought On this match, I'm excited about it because I love both these guys. I want to see them go at it. But other than that, I don't know why I should be excited. So that's a concern that I have going into the match. I wish there were a lot more build to this. I wish it were happening a long time from now. But still, it's a major match in the promotion. And I know for a fact, Aaron, that that you have strong thoughts about this particular matchup and what it means to Evolve.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty fired up. I agree with you that like this match is a much bigger match if they had both been champions for a year and then finally, you know, and they're talking trash to each other throughout that time period about who's better and and, and you finally get to it. And I think it would feel much more important than it does now uh, in that, you know, they, they've they only really had that one interaction the last weekend uh, in May in, in Michigan. It would feel a lot more essential if it had been built up more. But with that said, I'm excited. I mean, this is—I think that it's a really interesting styles clash in terms of the personalities of these two wrestlers. That, because before Keith Lee entered the company, these were the two biggest stars in Evolve, and they both appeal to different kinds of people. They're—they're they're almost sort of opposites, Sax Sabre Jr. and Matt Riddle—in that. If you relate to Matt Riddle, maybe Zack Sabre Jr. kind of rubs you the wrong way. Maybe if you're really into sort of the bro mentality and this sort of masculine ideal, maybe you think twice about a wrestler who refers to the other guys on the show as darling. And if you're into Zack Sabre Jr., maybe Matt Riddle's act, it's a little too much, a little bit too self-congratulatory. It's a little bit too broy, right? It's like, you have one guy who says evolve is for everyone and another guy who says evolve is bro and these are kind of different ideas. You know, for me, I think I think on this podcast we're both in agreement that Zack Saber Jr is a guy we relate to a lot as as sort of nerdy, introspective people with socialist politics. Like this is our dude, right? And so, yeah, I think I think we're all really excited for uh, a match that I have dubbed the King of Bros versus the king of Bernie bros.
1: <laughs> just, I love it. I just love the line. Not the first time I'm hearing it, but the whatever time I'm loving it for sure. <laughs> Do you think, I was going to ask you who you think Matt Riddle voted for, but let's be honest. Do you think Matt Riddle voted for
0: anyone? Absolutely not. Like, and, that, and that's what I love about these dudes. You have this dude who's out there campaigning and, you know. Zach labor jr. He's out there getting out the vote for the British elections. And then you have a guy who like. Doesn't seem to give a fuck. Right. And right or wrong. Right. Like there, I think that there are a lot of people who probably appreciate that Matt Riddle keeps the politics out of wrestling. Right. Who just, just want to watch wrestling. I'm not trying to think about all this other stuff. Yeah. I think it's a nice styles clash.
1: Zach of course would tell you that choosing to keep the politics out of wrestling is a political choice in and of itself. (laughs)
0: All and, right, and like, and obviously, like we would agree, right? We're so we're very we're very very partisan uh, here on this podcast when it comes to this match. I think we're both is it fair to say we're both rooting for Zach Saber Jr. here? Oh, absolutely! I, I just saw Zach
1: at AAW this past weekend, and he was wrestling Matt Fitchett. A good match, but I literally, like a child, was anxious that Zach was going to lose the match. I was like, I don't know. It's hard to explain because I'm an adult and I know the deal with wrestling. But (laughs) I just wanted him to win so badly. And I don't feel that way about that many wrestlers. But I just want him to win. It hurts me when he loses. Like I'm like, no. I'm a big Kentucky basketball fan, as you know. When I'm in the comfort of my own home and they aren't playing well, I can deal with that okay. But when I'm in public, and they're not playing well, it really bothers me because I feel like other people are seeing them fail, and that hurts me. And I felt the same about Zack Sabre Jr. this weekend, that I didn't want other people to see him fail, which of course means absolutely nothing. But that's how I felt. All that said, I think we're in for some disappointment this weekend. <laughs> I have a feeling that Zach is not going to win this match. Do you feel any differently?
0: In my heart of hearts. No, yeah, I think I think Matt Riddle's gonna win.
1: Well, that raises an interesting question because you talked about how this match is a battle for the soul of Evolve. What does it say about Evolve the company when Riddle wins? When the King of Bros defeats the King of Bernie Bros.
0: <laughs> I think it I think it says that this is their guy, right? I, I think that Matt Riddle is so tied into the WWN brand right now, and he's associated with the brand in a way that like Zack Sabre Jr. is about to become a big star in New Japan. He's a big star in PWG. And while Matt Riddle wrestles in a bunch of other places, I think Evolve is the place he's most closely associated with. And honestly, if we're also being honest with ourselves, he's a more popular wrestler on Evolve shows than than Zack Sabre Jr. And so that's why I think he's winning this match. I think that... I think that we are finally going to get a little bit of closure when they make the WWN championship sort of the clear 1A over the Evolve championship, which which we've sort of talked about for a while as, as you know, which of these championships is going to be the top title. And I, I think we get that closure uh, on Saturday with with Matt Riddle winning. And I do think that there will be a, a definitive winner because they've been touting it in all the emails, you know, there will be a winner. So. When they initially booked this match, I was like, maybe they will do some kind of convoluted, non-conclusive finish. But I think that, yeah, I think Matt Riddle's going to beat him clean. But who knows? I I could be completely wrong.
1: Well, it it does seem like Riddle could use the win because at Evolve 87, the next night, uh, he has a big match for the championship against Keith Lee. And I'm not sure that it would make sense for... No matter how the Riddle and Lee match turns out, I'm not sure it would make sense for Riddle to come into it weakened by a loss to Zach Zibert Jr. Uh, Keith Lee earned this title shot by beating Donovan Dijak and Fred Yehi. Last month, the idea going into the weekend of shows was if he went 2-0, he was going to get a title shot. So here it is.
0: Is there any chance
1: that Keith Lee dethrones uh, Matt Riddle in Queens?
0: I don't think so. I mean, there's a chance, right? I, I, I should... I should be less confident in my picks after we were like, yeah, Ethan Page has got a really great chance to beat Zack Sabre Jr. And then he fell on his face, you know, so so can he beat Matt Riddle? Yeah, I think he's certainly popular enough to be their champion. I think it's too soon for Keith Lee. I think that there's like a lot of uh, intrigue and 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 like I would love to watch his championship chase and to watch his journey towards a championship and to sort of elongate that sense of anticipation. And I think that Keith Lee coming in, winning a couple matches over a weekend, getting his title shot, winning it is a much less interesting story than him being thwarted and, and having to come back and retool and beat Matt Riddle or whoever is the champion at some point down the line.
1: And speaking of how Keith Lee gets to this title match and speaking of Ethan Page, of course, on the first night at Evolve 86, Keith Lee's going to match up with Ethan Page. Now, this is being labeled a grudge match even though the only real interaction between the two uh, was Ethan Page giving Keith Lee a nut shot in the uh, melee at the end of the last Evolve show. So I'm not really sure how this became a big grudge. There hasn't been any sort of uh, Twitter battle or dueling promos uh, or anything like that. But my biggest thing going into this match is I think Keith Lee needs to win because he's going into the match with Riddle on the next night the championship match but we talked about this a little bit on the last episode but what are we doing with Ethan Page what is happening with him
0: my guy Ethan is just lost at sea man it was it was it was weird because he he did this attack and i had thought that there would be some kind of promo right as you mentioned between then and now sort of explaining his motivations for this attack you know cuz he also got into it with with Zack Sabre Jr in that post show melee so we don't really know what's going on with Ethan Page. He's been They had the Ethan Page takeover week on, on Flow Slam, but so far it's just sort of links to a collection of matches and segments that he's been in, and it hasn't really felt like a true takeover, and we really haven't gotten a sense of where he's at after the big loss to Zack Sabre Jr. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get some clarity this weekend.
1: You agree that Keith Lee's going to win that match?
0: I think so. It would be weird if he lost it. I think he's going to win. He should he should win.
1: Right. Okay, and uh, we need to close the loop on the on the champion versus champion match and talk about Zach's match on the second night. And Zach is going to be defending his evolved championship against Jaka. If you didn't read the cards before you listen to this episode, Uh, you probably find that surprising. It's a pretty weird matchup. Now, Jaka did beat ACH in Brooklyn over the April weekend, but personally, I didn't really have a great sense that Jaka was on some big tear and now needed a title shot. Uh, What did you think about this match when it was announced?
0: Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. He did have that big win over ACH. He and Chris Dickinson have been successfully defending their tag team championships, but yeah, it definitely seems like kind of a weird match, and it, at least for my, at least in my imagination, I, I haven't looked at all the match results to back this up. But in my head, Chris Dickinson was sort of the higher positioned wrestler of the two, at, at least as a singles wrestler, and so yeah, it was kind of a, a strange. It was a surprise. Part of the reason I think that Matt Riddle is going to win is because this is a much Jaka is a much lower-profile opponent than Keith Lee, for certain.
1: I- like you said, it, it looks like a definite step down for the Evolve title, and so it's going to be interesting going into the shows in Atlanta and Charlotte in uh, July, who Zach is facing and, and whether he has lower-tier lower, lower tier matches. Actually, we know who he's facing, as I'm saying that. So we actually know that, it, that those matches are kind of – Less than what we've seen in the past. Well, the first one is one we've seen in the past, which is him versus Timothy Thatcher. But of course, Thatcher isn't quite at the level that he was uh, back when the, the last time Saber and Thatcher faced each other. And then we get Saber versus Yehai in Atlanta. So I think you are probably right that Zach loses and then we get that better delineation between the two titles and, and the evolved title takes a step back. Sticking with Catchpoint and Jaka's tag team partner, we're going to go back now and and finish the rest of the matches on Evolve 86. Uh, The next match listed on the card is Evolve tag team champion Chris Dickinson versus ACH. We didn't see ACH last month. He was doing best of the Super Juniors. Before that in Brooklyn, he lost to Jaka at Evolve 83. So that's interesting that now he's getting a shot at Jaka's tag team partner, Chris Dickinson. ACH, a big pickup. It seemed like, you know, kind of a big addition to Evolve, but he hasn't done much since he's been there. He he doesn't – I don't know where he's going. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, Do you have any better feel for ACH and Evolve?
0: Not really. Yeah, he's a dude who was like a high-profile signing, and I think that one thing that is certainly true is that, as we talked about, they brought in a lot of – between him and Keith Lee and Donovan Dijak and you had Kyle O'Reilly for a little while. There were just a lot of dudes who were kind of brought in at the same time. And so it feels, and then he went away for the super juniors and it feels like he's been kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. It it doesn't feel like there's a clear and obvious direction for him. When you look at the matches against uh, Chris Dickinson and Tracy Williams, I guess he's, wrestling catch point guys both nights but yeah I, I don't really know where he's going I guess he's already had his title shot and he, you know he lost to Zack Sabre Jr. in Orlando and yeah it, there's a lot of dudes on the show where you're just kind of like it really would have helped to have given them a promo or a mini doc or a couple lines of fake dialogue in the WWN alerts just to just to sort of Give us a sense of where their heads are at and what they're trying to accomplish, and why we should care about what they're doing this weekend.
1: Yeah, ECH needs a motivation like a lot of these guys, and I have no idea what his motivation is. He is, like you said, facing two catch point guys, but there's no indication that there is a, an issue between he and catch point. There's nothing going into uh, the matches that have been announced for Evolve eighty eight and Evolve eighty nine that show that he's going to continue having some issue with catch points. So I, I, don't, I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just don't know. And that's, like you said, it's a lot of what we're seeing on, on these cards. Uh, the next match is Jaka versus Fred Yehi. It seems bizarre that Jaka and Dickinson are not defending the tag titles on this weekend at all. They're going to be in singles matches both night. Now this at least does play into a long-term story. Fred Yehi left Catchpoint, and now he's trying to get some sort of revenge against them, I guess. He beat Jason Kincaid last time, which they seem to both have some issues with Catchpoint. And then he lost to Keith Lee in a match that I really liked. The only thing I can think of here, so he gets Jaka on the first night and Dickinson on the second night. It seems to me if you're looking at kind of old school professional wrestling storytelling, it would make sense that Yehi is eventually going to have to overcome catch point in some way. He should get uh, his comeuppance. Well, no, the opposite. He should. He should, yeah. <laughs> right. Deliver the comeuppance. Right. He doesn't get it. Uh, and so I, I think an interesting way for that to happen, especially since he used to be a tag team champion, would be to bring in a new partner, and they eventually beat Jaka and Dickinson. I don't know who that is. But I, I kind of think like that would make sense, and it would be compelling, and give Yehai and Catchpoint something to do. You think that's a reasonable idea of something that might happen?
0: That's definitely a possibility, and it's certainly an idea that is appealing to me. Uh, really, what I'm happy about is, is he left. Yeah, I'll give this. <laughs> Give this guy a job. No, don't. Because I mean, we, we need to maintain objective. Uh, we need to maintain our objectivity on this podcast. Yes, this is conflict of interest. Yes, uh, this, this is a serious podcast. business here.
1: Yes, Aaron Taub is a serious journalist. He will not have his ethics messed with. in Not any for way. sale. No, God, no, not for sale.
0: But but I will say, in addition to loving your excellent idea, I'm I'm happy that they're picking up this story, but of, uh, of the conflict between Yehai and Catchpoint. I think that he had his split uh, two months ago and they sort of kind of left it alone last month. They didn't really develop that story. And I like that they're going back to this dude who he has some unfinished business. And so it'll be interesting to see what goes on here. And who knows, maybe Aaron Bentley will have been onto something and uh, correctly Ooh. predicted uh, what was going to happen next.
1: Uh, Aaron warned me not to fantasy book on this episode. So that was it. That was it. That's all I had. That's
0: your one fantasy booking after you're cut off.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of people who have issues with catch point, we have uh, Jason Kincaid in the next match against Tracy Williams. You know, he's finally embraced the uh, the high flyers feud and embraced his place uh, as kind of a high flyer, at least in this promotion. And now he gets a chance to take on Tracy Williams. Tracy, of course, is coming off a big winning streak. He's defeated Chris Dickinson, Jeff Cobb, and his biggest win was against Kyle O'Reilly. I'm trying to pronounce that name a little better on this episode uh, because I sounded ridiculous last time. So he's doing that. Uh, Kincaid is on an eight-match losing streak, so something's got to give in this match. I don't feel like Kincaid's going to break his losing streak here. Uh, Do you think there's any chance Kincaid uh, overcomes Tracy
0: Williams? I know I answer all these questions in an unsatisfying way, (laughs) but but I don't know, maybe, because it's like, that's the thing with Evolve is that there isn't sort of, in a lot of wrestling promotions, you kind of have these very clear delineated tiers of wrestlers where certain dudes will not lose to other dudes. And you know, going in, wrestler X is not going to lose to wrestler Y. And in Evolve, there are a lot of upsets. You you never really know for sure who's going to win. So I would expect Tracy Williams to win. But I could also see, I don't know, maybe there's some hijinks uh, with, with some of the wrestlers who have issues with Tracy Williams. I think it's an interesting matchup. I like what they're doing with Jason Kincaid and his losing streak and his sort of trying to walk the tightrope between – violence in his past and his newfound serenity. I don't know. What do you think of the Jason Kincaid character? Did you see the uh, mini doc they put out of him today?
1: I did. I'm, I'm warming to Kincaid. I wasn't crazy about him at the beginning because he's almost a little too weird in that just kind of some of the gimmicky stuff he does during matches. It just takes me out of it a little. But when he started showing us more of this, this tension, uh, this internal tension. That's interesting to me. Okay. Now I have something to care about, about this person. He has some fight that he's a uh, part of that he's trying to overcome. And I, I'm in on that. I'm not fantasy booking here, Aaron, but you said, some, well, there might well, be some well, well,
0: let me be the judge of that. Let me, <laughs> you got to say what you're going to say next. And then the listeners and I can decide. You, you said, you know, maybe
1: some could come into play. What about 1 Miss <laughs> Priscilla Kelly?
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a little bit explain how she would tie into this.
1: Well, I, I mean, Priscilla Kelly's awful is obviously roped in with Austin Theory and Darby Allin. Sure. It seems to me that they're they're Now I'm just totally fantasy booking. It seems to me that they're mm-hmm. working out a little stable with Theory and Darby Allin. And uh, I think Kincaid is could be part of that. So I think Priscilla Kelly might fit it. I mean, at some point they've got to do something with Priscilla Kelly, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, I think they're doing it with Austin Theory, right? They played that up in the mini doc they released of, of Austin Theory, her telling him that he belongs with her. Yeah, but I don't want to throw cold water on Aaron Bentley's Book of Secrets if. Uh, <laughs> He does. If you think Jason King, if you think Priscilla Kelly is interfering on Jason Kincaid's behalf, then I, I am hoping for uh, this this wish to be fulfilled. <laughs> All right. Speaking of
1: Austin Theory, the uh, apparently first man, maybe something else will be announced, but as we know right now, the, uh, the opening match of this card could be Timothy Thatcher. Interestingly, uh, the card lists him as with Stokely Hathaway versus Austin Theory. The big question here is, Austin Theory had a great set of matches last month. Can he build on that and keep the momentum going? And the second thing is, what is going on with Thatcher? What's his role here? We haven't seen him since he lost to Matt Riddle in the opening match at Evolve 82. And, you know, he's still kind of reeling from the Zack Sabre Jr. loss of his title. And, of course, we have no idea how Stokely Hathaway – plays into all this. So how do you think those those things
0: are going to advance this weekend, Aaron? Hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Stokely's still tweeting about Timothy Thatcher coming back. So who knows if this affection is reciprocated by Timothy Thatcher, but at least, you know, you can't always take Stokely Hathaway uh, at his word, right? You know, we said he had Matt Riddle in Catchpoint, and it turned out he didn't. So at least he is representing that he and Timothy Thatcher are on good terms and still together, so to speak. But, but by the same token, there had a lot of tension in Orlando with Timothy Thatcher telling Stokely that if he didn't get him into the WWN title match, he should find a new client. And Stokely ultimately delivered. It seemed like there was more tension after Thatcher lost to Riddle when he walked out and Stokely, Stokely and Catchpoint had their first interactions with, with Tracy Williams. So he's kind of a man without a country, Timothy Thatcher. It's it's like he's he's kind of adjacent to Catchpoint, but he's certainly not in it. And obviously, Catchpoint has a long uh, history of opposing Timothy Thatcher, right, with all of his matches against Drew Gulak. So I don't know what he's going to do. It's it seemed, it would be weird. It's weird. It would be weird for him to continue working with Stokely Hathaway given the massive amounts of antipathy between himself and, and, and the Catchpoint boys.
1: I have a query for you. All right. Do you remember how Timothy Thatcher ended up in the title match at the WWN super show?
0: Galway got taken out by, by Keith Lee. By Keith Lee. Hmm. Oh man, it's time to okay. follow the breadcrumbs. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay.
1: Let's, <laughs> My only take on Thatcher versus Austin Theory is I I hope I'm embarrassed by this take when we do the review. I don't think there is a 1% chance this match is good. I think it's going to be bad. (laughs) And the reason is, and I feel bad for Austin Theory because of that, because to me, Thatcher is good when somebody pushes him, when he's with a veteran wrestler who can, make the match escalate more than Thatcher is capable of doing. And Austin Theory just doesn't have uh, the experience, doesn't have the pull to kind of say, Thatcher, here's where we're going in this match. Now, I suggested this to you earlier day uh, when we weren't recording, and you said, hey, maybe they'll have a match where he kind of beats Theory down and Theory gets a comeback. Yeah, that could be a good match. I just don't see it going that way. I think we're going to get a really boring Tim Thatcher match, which will... Stunt Theory's momentum And I'm I'm bummed about that
0: Man Tell us how you really feel That's how I feel
1: Alright, moving on to Evolve 87 Again, it's, a, it's on uh, June 25th 6pm Beware of the early start We've talked about Riddle and Lee We've talked about Sabre and Jaka The next match That has been announced so far Is the returning Trent Beretta against my old pal that I just spoke about, Austin Theory. I could not be more excited about Trent showing back up and evolve. Are you a Trent fan, Aaron?
0: Yeah, absolutely. As a fellow Long Islander, I, I feel like I have to embrace him. But even if I didn't have to embrace him, as as, as seems to be sort of in the zeitgeist right now, is that Trent Barrett is having this great year, and he's certainly doing that, right? He's, he's, he's really stood out in his tag matches and – both in New Japan and Ring of Honor, he's taken some insane tumbles for the benefit of our entertainment, and he's super funny. And yeah, it's Strong Island represent absolutely. I'm fired up for Trent Barretta and Evolve. Yeah, I mean he's from like the town over from me uh, on Long Island, and so I just uh, he's from Mount Sinai. I'm from Port Jefferson, and so at least according to Wikipedia, he's from Mount Sinai. I don't know. I don't you know, know for sure.
1: The, the best friends tag team mm-hmm. is really, it's the Everything Evolves tag team.
0: Wow. I hadn't thought. A Long Island boy and a Kentucky gentleman.
1: That's right. That's right. So, I mean, we almost are contractually obligated to love them.
0: Yeah. We have to root for them. Yeah. Bring back Dustin, I think. <laughs> you know, because he, he had a great run in Evolve.
1: Oh, can we get Trent and Dustin versus Dickinson and, and Jocka? Oh man, we have so many
0: ideas. Give me that. You're Give me that. He does on this podcast.
1: Ooh. oh, I'm getting excited. So in this match, my man Austin Theory is going to rebound from his match the night before with Tim Thatcher, because Trent is everything. Trent is the truth. He is going to make sure this is a great match. Great uh, foil, I think, for Austin Theory, and he'll bump around for him, make him look good. I think. I'm excited about that match. It's going to be a good one. The next match, we talked about this a little, but Fred Yehai gets his second match in his series of tag team champions. He gets Jock on the first night. Now he gets Chris Dickinson. I think this is interesting because not only do we have the Yehai versus Catchpoint thing, but if we go back a little bit when Yehai was still in Catchpoint, they had that four way match where Fred Yehai has his submission finish locked in and Dickinson hits his big powerbomb over top of Yehi, not literally on top of him, but over him and gets the win before Yehai can get the submission. And they really played that up at the time as Dickinson trying to, well, Dickinson kind of got one over on him, even though, of course, catch point was all about competition. So they shook hands afterward. But uh, there was a little more to it than that, I think. And I'm hoping that is played up here. I know you're a big Chris Dickinson fan. Yeah, But but not as big of a free Yehi fan. So are you hyped for this match or skeptical?
0: I am moderately excited for it. Yeah, I think it'll be good. <laughs> Yehi's a dude who I appreciate why other people like him. I appreciate that the way he comes off the ropes and the way he does his stomps, like he's unique, which I think is really cool. Um, but I don't totally understand where his character is coming from and like what he's about. I would love to sort of... Understand his 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 deal a little bit more as far as his character's motivations. He doesn't quite connect with me in the way that some of the other people uh, on the roster do. But I am looking for. I think this will be good. And I and I and and if they continue to play up the story of him seeking his redemption and trying to, you know, win back his tag team titles or at least sort of get one over on 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 his former rival or his former stablemates and catch point. Yeah, I think that's a good, interesting story and, and I'm here for it. I hope he wins both of these matches and, and we, we sort of either he gets a tag title shot or he gets a big, hot match against Tracy Williams. I, I would love to get a really good mini doc on Fred Yehai that really dives into his motivations in this story.
1: Well, Yehi, we know next month he, he does get a championship shot. against oh, that's Coach right. Yes, yes, yes,
0: yes, So
1: course. I think it would make sense if he if he beats both these guys this weekend, although it's, Certainly. Uh, he gets Trent Barretta the first night, Zach Sabre the second night. So uh, he'll probably be on a good little run going into that title match. Uh, the next match on the card, ACH versus Tracy Williams. These guys matched up back at Evolve 78 with ACH coming out victorious it seems to me that it at least makes most sense that oh, I mean, ACH is floating out there like you talked about, but Tracy Williams, they used the short time that they had of Kyle O'Reilly's to, to give that to Tracy Williams. Uh, from the minute O'Reilly came in the, the company, he was clearly built to lose to Tracy Williams. And, and Matt Riddle. Sure, sure. But I, but I felt like Williams got a lot more out of beating O'Reilly than Riddle. Yes. Uh, They had a really good match together, but then Williams kind of got to soak in the the star power of O'Reilly by getting the victory. And I'd like to see, I've admitted on this podcast, I'm not the biggest Tracy Williams fan, but I'm a fan of pushes and I would like (laughs) to see them continue building on that momentum and let williams have a really good weekend going into the shows in charlotte and atlanta.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think he should keep winning. And 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 that's one thing when we talk about evolve differentiating itself among all these different wrestling promotions that you can watch on your computer, I think that making catchpoint a force is a big part of it because it's a group that is exclusive, you know, as a stable it's exclusive to evolve and And its members are people who are featured more prominently in Evolve than they are in any other sort of promotion of Evolve's standing. And so I think that it's really good. And and I'm also a fairly big Tracy Williams fan. I'm into his sort of his character development uh, in recent months. And he has a great Instagram aesthetic. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but (laughs) I followed all the Evolve wrestlers on Instagram for a little while. I had to unfollow some of them because... A lot of it was just like promoting their matches. But Tracy Williams has this kind of like weird, artsy, like it's definitely like a look. Big Tracy Williams fan here. And I hope he continues his momentum. And I hope that we continue to see that struggle uh, over sort of the direction of Catchpoint uh, with regard to its its initial sort of conception as being all about competition. And this new one as as being more about branding.
1: We didn't see either of the guys from the trial match on these cards. They're not, they didn't pop back up uh, or they haven't yet. You know, we had Alex Daniels versus Dominic Guarini in uh, the Detroit on the Detroit show last month. And I kind of wondered if one of them would pop up this month, but nothing's been announced yet. Maybe they will by the end. O'Donovan Donovan Dijak either. No, which is really weird because they're going to Massachusetts and there's a beyond show as part of a doubleheader. And that's like his home promotion. I honestly don't know whether Dijak is on that card, but I'm assuming that he is actually, no, I knew I do know that he is because they're doing Dijak versus Keith Lee.
0: Wait, real, no, isn't, isn't Lee wrestling riddle?
1: Okay. Maybe I'm just making things up and they're in this up. Let's
0: uh, do do some, uh, do some <laughs> bantering. I'm going to look up, uh, the Beyond Wrestling card right now. This is our flagship.
1: Yes, I was going to say, this is, this is the our first time
0: we've had to do this. Medication. We've been pretty good in, in our <laughs> In our defense. We've done a good job of not going off the rails. You know, you, nobody's perfect. To be fair, the
1: flagship is a very popular podcast, so it must be a, a good tactic to use on the air. But I was surprised that Dijak was not on these cards. I mean, gosh, now I sound really dumb for positing that maybe he could... Yeah, I was going to say, I was
0: going to point that out. <laughs> yeah, he's in a, he is on the Beyond Show. He and his tag team partner, Mikey Webb, are wrestling the Gentleman's Club of Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy.
1: Wait a second. You're telling me that Chuck E.T. is in the town and he's not booked on Evolve? I think Dijek not being on this show is a bigger story. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm focused on... I mean, on we all things. we
0: all love... We all love Chuck Taylor, so.
1: Now that's, yeah,
0: it's also. Neither of these dudes are on the show, yeah.
1: It's also fascinating because Dijak was bantering uh, with Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan, about whether Ring of Honor or Evolve uh, was going to draw more in Massachusetts. And it just kind of seemed to me that he was going to be on the shows. But here are the cards. We don't see him yet.
0: Yeah. Weird. Well, who knows? Yeah, I, I, I haven't read anything about him having already signed to WWE, and he's on that Beyond show. Yeah, yeah, huh. he's
1: not. He's not on the early cards uh, for next month, but yeah, super early for that.
0: obviously. If, if you got the scoops, the DMs are open at a do you,
1: We know that DiJack reads Just for something in our ear. We know that DiJack reads every tweet about himself. Do you think he listened to this? Yeah, we should just put, out, we should we should just talk put about
0: it out in, in APB. We should just tweet. <laughs> Don't have to add him. Just write, Donovan DiJack. why are not you on this Evolve show? <laughs> All
1: right, I will do that after we get done recording this, which I should have done it before so we could talk about it. Yeah. We'll talk about it on the, on the review show that comes yeah. out after. We really
0: went off the rails today. Yeah. yeah. We, 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 we were pretty good about keeping to a format and not being annoying. And then on this show, we were super annoying, went off the rails, did all the wrong I thing. Uh, I hope you guys listening will uh, be forgiving.
1: Well, unfortunately, we have one match left to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to shortchange Well, everyone's already yet.
0: stopped listening, so it's, it's, uh, it's irrelevant. But I don't but, yeah, want to shortchange listeners.
1: This is maybe the biggest match of the weekend. Are you ready for it?
0: Hell yeah. Give it to me. We
1: are getting not the king of bros, but the king of boats, Timothy Thatcher <laughs> versus Jason Kincaid. Could you be more hyped about this match? Yes. <laughs> oh gosh
0: i yeah. could i can't conceive of being more excited about it but no i don't think it's like a I i think it's a bad match I, i'm into timothy thatcher more than you i think i think that towards the end of his title and especially this is going to be in the boom so that will i'm gonna personally i'm going to be at this show so that makes everything better being at a show live and and secondly the boom is a great atmosphere where timothy thatcher generates a very strong sincere heel response right he's not It's not go away Heat and Laboom. And Laboom, the people really sincerely respond to him in a negative way. And I think that the end of his title run, like he was really doing something. He was really, he had finally sort of gotten over as a heel working with Stokely Hathaway. I'm going to be in the crowd and we're all going to boo him and yell, yell at Trashy Tim. (laughs) And I'm a Jason Kincaid fan. So yeah, well, well, I, I could conceivably, it's not the match I'm most excited about this weekend. Uh, I I could also, I could also be less excited to answer your question.
1: I'm going to go ahead and mark down a a big two and a half stars in my phone for my rating for this match. And uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Do you, do you take down notes on every say on every match, what your rating is?
1: I have this year in the past. I just took notes on all my four star and above matches, but this year I have uh, take a note of every single match I've watched.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I don't Mister, know. Mr. Dave Meltzer over here <laughs> loves to make it snow. <laughs> I'm not as bad. There was a guy at AEW. What, what is, what is the mean? intention of that? Why do, what, what do you hope to get out of take star rating every single match? And do you feel like you're getting more out of it than the work it takes to give a rating to everything you see?
1: First, I'm an obsessive person, and anything I'm into, I have to be in 100%. Sure.
0: That's why we have this podcast.
1: Yeah. Second, I have spreadsheets about everything you could ever think of. And so, having one about all the wrestling matches I watch only makes sense. But what I'm hoping is that at the end of the year, it will give me a better picture of a a wrestler's full year. Like I've seen all the matches that I've seen of them, kind of stuff they were doing. Uh, It has helped me. Sometimes, before I watch a show, like for instance, I follow Big Japan Wrestling, but it's not one of my main priorities. So I kind of watch their shows as I get to them, right? And a lot of times I go back, look at my notes, see what happened, who was doing what, and it really helps me give some context to the second show. Does that make any sense? Yeah, 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 for sure. Now nobody's definitely listening. That is all that we have to talk about today. We will be back early next week with uh, reviews of Evolve 86 and Evolve 87. Again, if you're looking for us on Twitter, we are at Evolve Pod. You can find me on Twitter, Aaron Bentley, at Aaron like the car. Bentley is the joke there. And you can find Aaron Taub at AP. Taube, T-A-U-B-E.
0: No so, joke. That's just my name.
1: <laughs> the, the jokes write themselves. So that's it. That is all for Everything Evolves this week. And we will see you early next week. Thanks for listening.
0: Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse
1: Subs?